It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Footballers. This week, we got World Cup kicking off. We have a lot to talk about this week. We got a huge patch. We have lots of new cards. Well, I'll say lots of new cards in packs. Not, to, not a lot of SBC cards, but Matt, how are you taking in this World Cup quote promo? If I must be honest with you, I'm not taking it in at all. I don't. I don't care for it in yeah. the slightest. It's uh, if anything, I, I find it a distraction from what I want to do. Just to give some context, before well, I should say when the game launched, I think I must have played very close to 400 matches before season one ended, and you know I was fully engaged. I was liking the progression. I was liking everything that they were doing. I was in weekend league and just looking forward to a continuation of that. I feel like. Everything they've done with World Cups kind of brought that to a halt. It's disrupted the flow I was in because I don't care for any of this World Cup stuff. I haven't done any World Cup tokens yet. I probably will do a few because I don't want to miss out. But the point is, I don't want to do them. I would just like to stay on the road I was on because it was going really well and I was happy doing that. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. And when I made the commitment to do as many swaps as I could, I feel like playing that many squad battles games just really put me off the game because I loathe squad battles, but I want to get them knocked out as soon as I can. And I think this is also coupled with the Modern Warfare 2 release, which you mentioned several times on previous episodes, how that would take some time away from you on FIFA and it's starting to do the same for me. Yeah, that's the thing though. Uh, it was, I've been managing that well, I think, because I always intended to to take a little bit of time to play Modern Warfare because I really like when a good Call of Duty comes out in Modern Warfare 2 is a really good Call of Duty in my estimation. But I was budgeting my time in the first week of its release, whereby Weekend was dedicated to playing Ultimate Team. I wanted to play Weekend League. I wanted to get my uh, Rivals reward games in. All that good stuff. Obviously, play your qualifiers. So keep your rewards ticking over and you've got like two or three days a week solid FIFA. And then if you don't want to play anymore, you go play Modern Warfare for three or four days if you've got the time to do it. And that was working great. Since World Cups come in, it's just derailed all my enthusiasm. And basically, for the last two weeks, I've just played my rivals' requirements to get rewards. I haven't played Weekend League because Team of the Weeks have been terrible. And, and Modern Warfare is really good. So whilst 
EA or or flirting with a mode I'm not interested in, Modern Warfare will get more attention than FIFA for the time being. As soon as the World Cup's over, I'm sure it'll go the other way, get engaged back into Team of the Year, all that good stuff. But right now, it's more difficult for me to justify spending more time on FIFA when it's not as much fun for me. And I'm not going to slave away at, at squad battles. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I hear that. Paul, are you doing the same or are you hardcore grinding FIFA? Full grinding, well, I say full grinding FIFA. I've played some weekend league. I've done some swaps, but I totally get what you say about it sort of taking the wind out of your sails a little bit. I just feel like there were too much content like thrown out, but now I don't feel like there's any. If that make, Does that make sense? It's all hype. I feel like there were all this hype, like we are going to absolutely smash this out of the park. Yep. But then on a day-to-day basis, it's been a bit meh. Yeah. We got Rebury last week, which or week before, which was a great SPC. It's fraudulent though, isn't it? It is. And lots of people wanted to do it with the fodder tokens. And we're now two weeks in and we've just got, you can only now grind tokens to be able to get the 84 times 20 times 3, uh, which lots of people wanted to do. And I'm not going to have time to do that before these Path to Glory go out of packs, which is a shame because that's really what I wanted to do. But yeah, it just feels a bit, a bit not, I don't think, I think dead's the wrong word, but I just think we're only in the early stages. The problem is so much and I don't feel like they've delivered any of that just yet. Yeah. And to be fair to that, I mean, the World Cup did just start. So you don't want to blow your whole load just, you know, days before the World Cup or the day of. But it definitely seems like they've overpromised and underdelivered so far anyways. Because you think you would want to get everybody engaged and hyped up and, and, and really pushing this game mode in the early stages to kind of get some buy-in and some commitment. You know, we talked about that time spent fallacy, right? But for me, it hasn't, hit, it hasn't happened. I'm just kind of like bored with it. I'd rather watch the World Cup trade, play Modern Warfare at the time. So mm. The timing of it's awful as well, right? Because in previous years, our normal summer tournament schedule, this would be a welcome addition because people's interest in the game would be naturally winding down. So having something else to look forward to, a distraction from your normal day-to-day ultimate team would have been welcome. I don't think right at this point at which this World Cup's come about that people were particularly bored of ultimate team yet. Um, everyone seemed relatively happy with the way things were. I mean, I don't have access to the numbers, but I can't imagine there was a big drop off and you always get an upsurge during Christmas when fresh blood comes into the game. So obviously they have to do something with it. They can't ignore the facts of World Cup, particularly as it's their last year attached to the FIFA brand. I don't think it is beneficial to Ultimate Team as a whole to have it this early on and we're feeling the effect of that. Mm, That's a good point. While we're still on this topic, we got Path to Glory, Team 2. We haven't talked about this yet on the pod. What are we saying about Team 2, Paul? I really like it. There's some really nice cards in there. Lots of them that have got potential to get to the later stages. We've got Walker, Gomez and Kunku. That Bruno, Gomez, Romero, lots of really nice cards. And there's something for everybody as well. There's some cheaper cards there. I say cheap, they've absolutely flown since yesterday, some of them, but they're still reasonably priced. And, you know, a lot of these cards have already got the the upgrades sort of priced into them in Kunku at 1.7 mils a little bit. I think that one's fascinating, you know, given that, one, he's not in the team, and nor is Benzema, but people still think France 
uh, are going to go marching on without those two world-class forwards. I think that's quite optimistic at, at best. It just goes to show how much people sort of clamour behind the bandwagon and they, they obviously want that card to come out good because... Red and Cuckoo's juice is fantastic, but I don't think France are, are a given to go deep, given some of the players that they're missing at this point, you know, integral players. Do we really think Olivier Giroud is going to be the, the man to step in for, for Benzema yes. and Cuckoo? He probably will with that. I think, I think he suits the way they play, but it's just there's not many teams that could absorb the absence of those two star forwards. So the price in being that high is uh, optimistic at best. I think the one thing France does have that a lot of teams don't have is depth. They've got a very good bench. They've got a lot of experienced players, a lot of players who play in the top level of, of world football. So I think that alone can help them sustain a, a pretty good run into the to the semifinals or maybe the finals. We'll see. But I just think the, there's a lot of young talent out there that's, that's a little bit more hungry than them. If, I mean, I know Ecuador played Qatar yesterday, and I know it's Qatar and they suck, but Ecuador looked fierce man they looked hungry they looked like they wanted to absolutely demolish Qatar and they absolutely dominated him you wouldn't know it if you just looked at the scoreline but Qatar has no business being in this world cup but guess that's what happens when you can pay for whatever you want and I say that normally I'll support the team that's hosting except for this one I think Ecuador had the most fans that they'll ever have yesterday but this team too, uh, another one you, you mentioned not being in the team, isn't Kyle Walker out? He's going to miss the first, well, he missed England's first game today, um, but he thinks he'll be fit for the second one. So he's on the squad and he is available for selection and he just wasn't risked today. Mm. Okay, good to know. Matt, what are you liking from team two? Can you guess? Brozovic. <laughs> I do like Brozovic and it is one I, I, I intend to pick up, hopefully before the price goes through the roof. I'm a little bit short on coins. Having- Malikovic Savage. Not played much lately, but yes, Milinkovic Savic is is the one that I would most like to have on that. I don't um, expect Serbia to necessarily progress either out of the groups or very far. So I would fully expect his 180k price tag to come down at the moment. But him and Kostic from Serbia are both quite nice cards that have gone into these path of glories. Um, but yeah, him and Brozovic are the, are the two I'm, I'm predominantly eyeing up. They would work very well in my sort of Serie A Premier League hybrid that I've been rocking for, for several weeks now. So they would be most welcome. Yeah. And Paul, we talked about this in the middle of the week. Make sure I pronounce this right. Bufal from Morocco. He seems like a pretty decent gamble, right? You're basically only risking 5k for the off chance that Morocco goes through and he catches a couple of upgrades. I mean, that's a pretty cheap card at 15K, you think? Yeah, it's the same price as a lot of the other 86s, isn't it? It's one of the cheapest 86s, I think. Yep. And I also think there's some more supply of him coming because I think when these first went in packs, I think there was him, Lozano, and one other that were being given out as the gold versions instead of the path to glory. So I think there's some compensation coming at some point for them. So when that comes, it might be worth buying a few of those if they drop a few K because, you know, it'll be the cheapest 86 for a while until there's no more supply of him. And then it'll slowly start rising because there's no, he's not in packs anymore. Yeah. And talking about cards and packs, this World Cup temporary player card items that we have, they keep slow, you know, throwing these player picks into packs and you end up with duplicate cards and you have cards that, like Kyle Walker, for example, I have the World Cup card, Kyle Walker, who's temporary, he's going to go away, but he's very usable. You can use him in your main team for weekend league. And so many people basically got a free version of him, CR7, other types of cards, you know, 
Cancelo, those those high rated cards that are meta still. Matt, how do you think this is impacting the game? It's a good question. I guess what it's doing is sort of evening the playing field over a, a temporary period, right? Right up until a point where EA going to want us all to sort of jack up and sell, demolish our existing teams, start upgrading for team of the year, that kind of thing. So it's providing a bridge for people coming into the game late, particularly if they get the game in or around Christmas, they might still have some of these World Cup cards on the go. They can play a couple of weekend leads, get some packs, and then those cards will disappear and then they'll be expected to follow the same power curve as everybody else, but from a more even point than they otherwise would have done. So I guess when we were talking about World Cup being a timing issue, it might have been a good one as far as EA's plans to sort of help launch those latecomers into the game because it's going to work out really well for them. One thing it also does, I'll let Paul elaborate more on this because I'm sure he'll want to get in, into this, is it flattens even further down an already very flat market. Now it's very hard to sell anything of any value at the minute because there's just nothing out there to to really get. Or if let's say it just so happens that a lot of your pack up drops into a World Cup player who's on a, a temporary basis, like I got a De Bruyne the other day, I'd love to have that card permanently, but it'll be useless soon and that effectively takes some value out of my club then. And it makes it more difficult to upgrade without resorting to spending FIFA points. Paul, I don't know if you want to chime in a bit more on that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are using... I packed a Son the other day and a KDB, and I've been using those as subs in my sort of main team. I think a lot of people who you know don't necessarily have loads of coins will be using these cards in the main team. So it definitely has had an impact on the market. And the market's been a bit of a funny one. Like these people have been nervous again, but we have had some nice rises. We've got Black Friday coming as well. On. I think that's flying under the radar, man. I I so do. I feel like people have almost forgotten that it's Black Friday, and that yep. um, you know usually weeks running up to it, these people talking about it, selling the teams, and you know it's it's all people are talking about, but. That's sort of gone under the radar a little bit. But um, I don't know if you noticed that these Path to Glory packs uh, cards go out of packs on Wednesday night. And last year, before Black Friday, we had the pre-Black Friday um, promo for a few days. Um, So I think that's going to happen again this week. So I think Tuesday night, we're going to get a loading screen. Pre-Black Friday is here. People are going to go, oh, shit. And there's going to be mm-hmm. a bit of panic in the market. And we're going to get loads of supply over the next weekend as well, because people, uh, you know, will get flash SBCs. We already saw one yesterday at halftime for that Qatar game. And we'll we'll get we'll get loads of them. The only cards I think that'll hold value are the World Cup ones and uh, some of the Path to Glories. I think everything else might be in a little bit of trouble. This Once that panic comes, I might be wrong. EA might try and steer away from it because it's World Cup, but I doubt it because so many people are buying. I know people who have not bought the game and wait for Black Friday to buy the game. Do you know what I mean? So there'll be loads of new players coming into the game this week, all wanting to catch up and buy FIFA points. Mm. Same story every year. I know a lot of people that do the same. They wait for it to go half off or even less than that, get in and load up some FIFA points. And before you know it, they're right up, caught up to everybody else because especially this year, it's going to be so easy to catch up if you were to start a new account. It seems like there's so many cheap cards, usable cards as well, which is a good thing, I think. But on the topic of car building and, and, and squad building, rather, before we get into the patch, Matt, you wanted to talk about something specifically with free cards or untradeable cards dictating directions of teams that you, not, you might not necessarily have wanted to go. 
that right? That's right. So I don't want this to sound like I'm ranting or complaining about my pack look because that's not what this is about, but just bear with me. So over the course of the last couple of weeks, I got a um, Nakata World Cup Marvel card, which on the surface seemed great because I got a Serie R Premier League hybrid, so it would seem to slot straight in there and I play a free cam formation. So that's in- initially seemed like a really nice addition. And then I, I had some sort of reward esp- uh reward goal pack, I think it might have been for my my rivals. And I packed Jisung Park World Cup Marvel. I was like, ooh, that's quite an expensive card. Nice to get. And tried perhaps harder than I should have done to to find a way to get him into my team without like chemistry penalties and all that kind of stuff. And I just don't like the card at all. But I feel compelled to use it because mm. it's high rated. It's you know a fresh mm-hmm. new promo. Most people would play that card. It doesn't suit me. Don't like it whatsoever. So now I'm like, well, EA have granted me this pack look, but I can't now or, or choose not to do anything with that card. So you kind of feel forced to play it because, you know, it's like when you do weekend league and you pull a good red, even though it's not one of the ones that you would necessarily go out and buy, but you, tr- you want to try and get it into your team because it's nice to have a good red in your squad, right? But it doesn't necessarily make you better for having it. So what I'm getting at is that, there is a fallacy behind just playing cards because they would otherwise be worth a lot if you had to buy them, but you happen to have got it untradeable. But does it really suit the style of play that you're you're trying to fulfill with your team, your tactics, all that kind of stuff? Or is you, are you just playing it because it's a flashy card and you want to sort of show it off? You think it should go into the team, but it's not actually improving anything. And I've had quite a few polls like that this season some of which I was able to sell at the beginning, so that was great. But these last two big ones I've got don't necessarily suit me. I will stick with Nakata because he is usable. He's got a particularly good Traveller on him, so I'm definitely going to hold on to him until I get something better. But Park is is a bench player for me. He's someone to sort of bring on and, and chase people around late in the game when people are getting tired, but for me he's not good enough. In the system that I play, if I was playing something with a flat 4-4-2 midfield or something, he'd probably find a home on either wide section or in the middle, he'd probably be fine. But in four, two, three, one narrow, there's not a role for him. So it's just a heads up to people to basically don't feel forced to use cards just because EA are throwing them at you for free, whether that's red picks, whether that's untradeable rewards, that kind of thing. Always try and maintain the best team, not the best 11. That's what we're we're sort of getting at here. You know, EA's generosity, as it might be seen, can lead you down the garden path sometimes into a direction that makes your performance suboptimal. I don't know if you guys have any experience with that. Which I'm sure you probably do. Last year in particular, and when I spoke about it on the pod, I, I got some some stark feedback from some of our listeners saying that I was doing exactly what you said. You didn't want this to come off as, but they, they accused me of complaining about my pack luck because... In the same session, I was actually, I think I was on stream. I had packed untradeable mid Ronaldinho and untradeable Mbappe within like the same five packs. Super excited at the time, just overjoyed, just ready to fucking play FIFA for ages. And then three weeks later, four weeks later, five weeks later, I'm still playing with mid Ronaldinho and gold Mbappe because you feel compelled to use them because you're, you're talking about almost at the time, 3 million coins worth of card. And you don't want to sh- you know, put it on the bench because you're wasting talent, right? But it also dictated every single move I made in my squad for at least two months. 
because they stayed relevant for so long. So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. It can take away potential joy or entertainment by trying new things. And it makes you become a dull player because you get so used to how these cards feel, how they move in certain situations that when you finally do decide to change it up, you feel like you have to relearn the game almost in some aspects. Paul, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. I think the example I'll use is from earlier on this year at the beginning when everybody were using Harland, I used him for quite a bit and he were good, but he didn't suit how I like to play. And I think I dropped Correa. I got red Correa and I dropped him for Harland and I was using Harland and I just, all he could do was finish with me. I'm not amazing at the game. Do you know what I mean? And so sometimes he'd be brilliant. Most of the time he wouldn't be. So in the end, I just thought, do you know what? I'm getting out of this. And I brought Correa back and I got so much more out of him. He was so, so good. And it's so easy, isn't it, just to get into, wow, I've packed this amazing card, therefore I must use him. And these cards are, you know, some people find cards amazing that I might not necessarily like. So I think now I try and use cards that I like, cards that I enjoy, rather than ones that other people say are amazing. And you could pack two amazing CDMs and... In the formation I play, I don't really need two amazing CDMs. I need one, and one who's a little better getting forward. So, you know, in that situation, I'd probably use, if I packed a Vieira, I'd use that, even though I didn't necessarily need a second CDM. And it'd cost you in-game, because he's not as good going forward. But there's so many cards out there that other people like that I've tried to use, and I've thought, oh, I don't really get on with that. And now I think I'm a bit more assured in how I play to to go, oh, do you know what? I didn't get on with that. I much prefer Gold Dembele or, or whoever it is, you know? Yeah. You just got to listen to your gut. Like if you're not enjoying it, even if somebody else would really enjoy this card or this team, if it ain't working for you, it ain't working for you. Move on from it. Try something else. Put them on the bench. You can always come back to them if they're untradeable, right? What else are you going to do with them? Put them in an SBC? Yeah. So- oh. I'll tell you another example. Goldarajo, I was using him, loved him, and then I packed Varan. So I thought, I've got to put Varan in there. He'll be he'll be loads better. But I actually preferred the 1K gold card over, over Varan. It happens. Yeah, it does. So let's talk about how certain types of players were impacted this week. And we got this big patch, and there's a lot to unpack here. And we're not going to unpack all of it. But one thing I definitely want to hit on is... The way they've adjusted how certain players with high dribbling and high speed moved on the ball, right? So they were saying that some players, they had to adjust how they dribbled the ball, that they would certainly slow down in some situations where they weren't intended to, which sort of gave the illusion that lengthy was so much better than explosive. And it, it was that way for a while. But once they adjusted it, they kind of balanced the game a little bit better. Well, all you saw on Twitter was all of these accounts just basically echo chambering this narrative of lengthy is dead, lengthy is over, it's it's finished, you know, and, and it really hit the lengthy card market in a negative way and it hit the explosive cards in a positive way, unnecessarily, I think, for the lengthy cards. EA had to come out and clarify these things and, and I was sitting here trying to rail against everybody that I saw on Twitter, like, dude, stop, stop. And then you started seeing accounts that you know for certain they don't even play the game, yet they echoed it because it was getting likes and engagement. It just goes to show you the power of social media and how, and we talked about this with Mr. Dory, how people just repeat shit 
because it's popular or it's trending and they want to gain more followage, right? And I think that's exactly what happened here. A lot of cards got hit. A lot of people lost coins over this. And I think some cards are still kind of out of whack from this this little turbulence that that it gave the market. But Yeah, I mean, I think everything you said there is very well founded. We we definitely knew there was something not quite right with non-lengthy players because there were, like for instance, I have um, the Chiesa out of position card on my team. He was 90 plus pace. Chiesa. Chiesa, yeah. The church guy. And um, Travela. He he feels slow as, as fuck, quite frankly, uh, compared to any mm-hmm. player I have with 70 odd pace and lengthy. He's just going to get destroyed. I haven't played in depth enough since this patch has come into play and now I've changed his chem style to something explosive to see what difference that, that makes. But basically he doesn't feel fast unless you're constantly like bouncing out skill moves just to keep him in overdrive. Basically, if you just try and spread the guy's slow, but it's got 90 plus pace, it doesn't make sense. Um, so they were definitely right to make an adjustment. People have taken that too far and presumed that just because they've boosted one thing that they've nerfed another, which they don't really seem to have done. Lengthy is still as effective as it was. There's certain players in certain positions where he's definitely still going to want to have lengthy. It's probably not, though, in, in positions whereby you need to make lots of nimble, quick movements, which was always the case anyway. So like a, you know, a box-type striker or a cam, like a Ben Yedder, for example. He needed a little bit of help to, to reach his, his full potential, but those were not situations you were probably ever going to use lengthy anyway. So for most people, I don't think this is going to make a huge amount of difference. I think it's still quite noob-friendly to lean a certain number of your players towards lengthy because it's just the least complicated way to know that your players are going to be at full pelt most of the time. And with lengthy generally comes high physicality as well, which will work well for most people playing the game to the nth degree. But Haaland, as an example, just because he's got lengthy, once you get him into the box and he's forced to turn, he's dead. He's fucked. You can't do anything. And that's why so many people have moved away from having a lengthy centre forward because unless you're a counter-attacker and you can keep the guy running in a straight line, it's useless. When you get to a certain stage in your playability where you're the dominant player, you're going to have more of the ball. You're going to need a lot of quick move and quick passing in and around the box you want explosive or control players and that's where they'll come in, into effect and we should feel the benefit of that a lot more now than we perhaps did before. But generally... I don't think it's it's a massive difference, but all the hype stuff you said about social media is 100% true. It's spread by people who clearly aren't playing the game because they know it's what people want to hear and they just echo chamber the hell out of that shit, as you say, Hunter. And it's the sad indictment of where we are as a community. It's, it's very lazy. Uh, no one's going it out is. of their way to verify this information before they're talking about it. They want to be first to get those hits with those keywords, those search terms, and nothing really bad ever happens to them if they end up being wrong. So you throw enough shit at the wall, some of it sticks. And that's kind of where we're at these days. Imagine a lot of shit would stick to a wall, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Paul, where are you at with this? Do you think in your experience with the gameplay, do you feel like the game has been more balanced with this adjustment? I absolutely love this game since the patch. Um, I've not played, I played, I'm not going to give you more cards, dude. You can stop. I've played a weekend league. Um, Oh, did I tell you I packed Yaya Torre? Fuck you, man. Last week or week before sometime anyway, recently, but, um, EA, I still love you. And you make an absolutely phenomenal game. Um, <laughs> you, you knew exactly what you were doing. 
when you change oh the issues God. with the dribbling on the explosive and controlled cards to balance the game out perfectly. Well done. But um, in all seriousness, I don't even know if they knew what they were going to do when they changed that dribbling issue. Um, but I do, I feel like, you know, Correa again, he's another card that is so much better now. I did the Keen SPC. He feels great. And yeah, the game's just so balanced now. But I've got lengthy centre mids, lengthy centre backs who are still as good as they were. You know, the... They're having issues dealing with some of the fast movements of agile cards, which is what you'd expect. So I don't mind that. But they're not getting blitzed for pace yeah. every time. You know, and I use a 20k Joe Gomez and he, he does all right. You know, these cards are still usable. It's not broke. Length is not dead. Explosive and controlled have just been brought back to life, shall we say. Sorry, I'm watching this United States and Wales games. And these referees, have you noticed these referees when they issue yellow cards? They're like, it's like they want you to get in their face and they want to fucking show you that card eyeball to eyeball and let you feel it. He just gave one out to Dest. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like the game is more balanced and it's more, I guess, it's less of a gimmick now than it was before because I feel like before that, so many explosive players just weren't usable. Like even Vinicius, especially Vinicius, you would throw a perfect through pass, like a well, well thought out, well developed game plan going down the wing. You send him a through pass and he just literally like his feet would start moving, but his body wouldn't. And he would just get sucked up from behind. And, and I still think the way they make tackles from behind in this game is unrealistic as fuck. Like they just run into you from behind and they just steal the ball off of you. Like even when you're shielding, I, I don't understand how they haven't noticed that. Maybe they are working on that. I hope they are. But one thing that I did notice got patched, which a lot of people were shocked about, was the through pass. And I'm starting to see a lot more people spamming through passes than they were before. It was over the top through balls. Now I'm starting to see those driven, gut, you know, those threaded driven through balls yeah. that kind of just automatically remote control around the center back and back onto the path of the attacker. They buffed those. And I think it's going to have a negative impact on the game in that aspect. I think you're going to see a lot more counterattacking. I think you're going to see a lot more absorb, 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 long ball, forward runs type of gameplay. And that's mostly why I just, I don't feel like playing champs this year because what's the point? Like I don't enjoy it as much because of the way people play. And I feel like the time spent versus enjoyment slash rewards just ain't there for me. And that's kind of why I've been more casual this year and last year, to be honest. But have you experienced any of that in your gameplay, Matt, with the through balls? A little bit, yeah. But I, I tend to find that it's a fairly standard noob strategy to to basically go for that anyway, particularly if it's a, a player who's running, you know, very fast strikers. They always just try and spam through balls, even where you, you're clearly marking them, they still go for them anyway. This is just FIFA 101 yeah. for the bad player base, basically. And there's more bad players out there than good ones, so you'll see it a lot whether it works or it doesn't that's just the nature of the beast uh unfortunately that's that's where we're at but um just getting back to what you were saying though about not playing weekend league i personally find that this kind of behavior manifests itself more in rivals i think that's the scummy place to play this year and i go to weekend league <laughs> for, for a break from rivals of, of all things unfortunately I, I find i can get yeah um a better balance of game I, i'll be challenged in some games and Every now and then they'll throw me a bone, but it's just constant nonsense and, and rivals. Everyone's just super hardcore, grindy, sweat, sweat, sweat. 
So um, if I was going to play one mode all year, I would just you know, play what I needed to qualify for weekend league and, and try and stay in there. But uh, yeah, Rivals is it's dark, man, real dark. Paul, you like Rivals? I like Rivals and weekend league, to be honest, but Rivals is, you know, mostly play co-op in Rivals. But um, going back to the through balls, those LBRB or L1R1 mm. first time through ball, somebody will play a one-two, trigger the run, and then first time hit a little through ball over the top. It just spazzes out your defender and yeah. you, you can't do anything. Um, you know, they'll stick a foot out and try and get it, but the, the attacker always wins it if they even get close. Um, so I feel like that's something that needs to be patched sooner rather than later because it's just so broken. You can't, you can't do anything with them. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like it freezes the center back. He kind of just sits there and you'll be trying to move him and he just stands still. And sometimes his body will start having like convulsions. At least that's how it is on PlayStation. He just kind of like glitches out and his arms start to shake. That's hypermotion 2.0. Yeah. It's the same here. And if it's, you know, if it's a longer one, the attacker just seems to be able to get two or three yards on him straight away with like before you've even had a chance to react and try and move him. They just don't move. It, it, it's something that needs sorting out straight away. But I, I played weekend league this weekend and I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's almost like you've got a whole new batch of players to play with now because these uh, controlled and explosive have been, um, been fixed. It's just been fun. I've been using cards that I already had in my club that, have been okay, and now they've they've felt really good this weekend. It's been it's been enjoyable to play. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up with the market, and we didn't talk a whole lot about the market this on this episode. So yet, um, a lot of these Path to Glory cards, Paul. I mean, we know how dynamic cards kind of act historically, right? Especially with like Road to the Final cards, Road to the Knockouts. They always, always, always rise into the competition. And even when they get the expected upgrade on your favorite cards, typically they sell off. So you're better off selling them before the games even start, in my experience. Do you think that is a good piece of advice or no? I, th- I think if it's a bit of a tough one, this, because because the games are so close together for the teams, mm-hmm. um, especially in the group stage. If you get, like today, for example, if Senegal and Holland would have drawn, De Jong and Koulibaly would have probably just held price because the both sort of still expected to do to do okay. But live cards, the risky. You know, you get a surprise result, especially sort of in when we get to the more important games. You get a surprise result. Your De Jong could go from seven or eight hundred k to two hundred k in a breath. Do you know what I mean? It, it's so easy to to lose, and you've also usually got a lot of people selling you know, after the game. So you've, you know, if you sell beforehand, you've probably a chance to get back in afterwards again, but they're, they're moving so quick. Some of them yesterday went up. Um, we were say talking about Romero yesterday. It went from 160, I think, to 220 today. Gomez went from 280 to 340, I think he is now. Uh, some of the other ones even more so. Um, we were supposed to get a, I say we were supposed to, the World Cup Hero pack went into the code last week, so everybody presumed that we're going to be today. We didn't get that, so these World Cup Heroes had a nice little little boost. I say it were nice. It wasn't nice if you'd already sold them before 6 o'clock. But, yeah, I think 
there doesn't seem to be around these cards anyway the World Cup heroes and around Path to Glory there doesn't seem to be that Black Friday nervousness I'm sure it's going to come but I think people just need a reminder on a loading screen or something and we might get some panic then I'm hoping we do because I want to get in on some of these cards some of the better World Cup heroes and some of these Path to Glories I want to be able to get back in on them so I'm hoping for some panic at some point this week and it'll be interesting to see what they do with Black Friday, whether they bring World Cup related content with that on, you know, if we get some cheap packs, we'll have to see. But the last few years, the panic for Black Friday has come. Like last year, I think it was two weeks before Black Friday, we, right. got, the black, we got the panic, but people were talking about it then. So that's when the, mm-hmm. the panic came. Now, you're seeing the odd video on YouTube about it, but nobody's, it's, it doesn't seem to have got any momentum. You know, we haven't got. Yeah everybody talking about and everybody worried about it um so we'll, we'll have to see if that comes because usually black friday is the time when everybody's sold sold the teams because they're expecting panic and people go out and buy teams it looks like at the moment people have got teams yeah um so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes for sure golds are done though golds are just done yeah you basically have to follow the the historical fodder prices of buy sell and, and just stick to them but do we know for sure if these World Cup heroes are indeed going to go out of packs? Um, well, I think this second week of them are going out of packs on Friday. Does it say in-game? Shall I have a little look in-game? Well, that's why I asked, because I had a look. And what, what I noticed is on the menu screen, they have the little, you know, the, the promos that kind of scroll through and ticker through. And typically, they say, are now available in packs. Yeah. But for World Cup Heroes, it says they're now available in FIFA 23. Yeah. So I wonder if they're even going to come out of packs. You know, entirely. I, I don't know. I can't see them putting the old heroes back in now we've got these. So I, unless they wouldn't just shock bring, me if they did, but yeah. Unless they bring Team 1 back in as well, and we've got all these in all the time and replace the old heroes, which would make sense, you know. And I think a lot of these prices on these current World Cup heroes are reliant that they're going out of packs this next week because people seem right. to be in a in a, people are in, in a rush to buy them. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, it's and it really sucks when we have to kind of make presumptions on stuff like this without any kind of direct confirmation from them. Maybe they did. If somebody knows, let us know. We had we got some questions though that we need to go through before we wrap up. And a Harry Ape wants to know, what is everyone's thoughts on saying the game is scripted? I feel like it's just another one of these coping mechanisms people use when they struggle in games like you guys spoke about last episode. Is it just a case of people needing to improve their gameplay or does EA rig our outcomes every time? Matt. <laughs> We've all felt like that from time to time, so I'm not going to say what hairy apes suggesting out of hand is, is completely dismissible, but we've just got no way of proving it. Um, but you can't help the way you feel, right? What we can categorically say that if, if you have a narrow lead by the end of the game, you're going to feel a bit more vulnerable and people are prepared to take more risk at the end of a game because they have to try and get a goal. So the gameplay changes from how it is done for the previous 80 odd minutes of the match. It's just human nature. So you know it's coming, but yeah, I, I, I always find that Whenever I try to make a defensive adjustment to tactics or defensive substitution, I always can see 
somewhere and I'm trying to achieve the opposite. Um, so I, I know how he feels. I suspect they're not doing that. But as I say, if that's how you feel, no one's going to tell you otherwise and we can't prove it either way. So it is how you see it to be and, and no one can tell you differently, unfortunately. All I can say with this one is, I've said this historically over the years, but to think that EA are competent enough to create a script to predetermine the outcome of a game without knowing the input of the user is just ridiculous to me. Now, whether that be scripting could be, let's say, oh, well, the player with the team with the higher ratings and the higher rated cards, we're going to handicap them to kind of even the playing field. If you consider that to be scripting, now that is something I could see them doing just to keep people engaged, keep them pressing, keep them wanting to upgrade their teams. Like, oh, I got this card, but he's not as good as I thought. Maybe I need to get the better version of this card. Maybe I need the prime moments icon version. That is something I could definitely see. But as far as going into a game and EA saying, okay, the outcome of this game is going to be five goals to zero and he's going to have a red card at the end. Like, I, I no, 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 no way. For me, I think if I am losing, scripting is definitely a thing. <laughs> if I'm winning, it's absolute bullshit. But That's no, I don't think how the community feels. I don't think the game's scripted. Ask Tex if it's scripted. Ask Tom Lee's if it's scripted. Do you know what I mean? They Yep. So many people go twenty and every week and does scripting not work on their accounts? What I don't No, what they do is they pay what's that guy's name? Is that like streamer packlock as well? Is that like how streamers get better pack luck than ever? It's just, you know Shay. The pay Shay to, yeah. to rig their accounts. It's just yeah. sort of the game sometimes just plays out like you've been done over. But out of your twenty weekend league games, you might feel like you've been done over five times. I'm sure everybody feels like that. It's just it's just how a random game goes, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It, it sometimes it's gonna go your way, sometimes it's not. I think to say that it's it's scripted. If you think it's scripted, stop fucking playing right now. Is mm, my yeah. advice mm-hmm. because why would you waste your time if the outcome's already already been determined before you pick up your controller? So you know if you think it's scripted, sack it off because you know you're not going to have any fun at all. There's plenty of, of in-game variants that you can see and sort of measure with your own eyes. You don't have to rely on emotions to try and work out if something is or isn't happening. You know, there's so much weird stuff going on in the code that will cost you possession or you think you've tackled someone cleanly and they ride it and then they get a chance on goal they shouldn't have. I don't think that's anything to do with scripting. It's just problems with the programming, problems with the net code. There's all sorts of stuff going on that can either affect you positively or negatively, but it's not a, if this person's losing by one goal in the 85th, we're going to give them more chances sort of thing. I don't think they're doing that personally. But as I say, if it's how you feel, who am I to tell you otherwise? Yeah. Like I said, I don't believe in intentional scripting whatsoever, but just look at all the mistakes in all of the menu mistakes, content mistakes, uh, visual errors that we can actually see. What are we not seeing in the code with the gameplay? You can't tell me the gameplay code is is flawless when they can't even get a graphic right on a card or a name or a, a position or a card in a pack. Like If they're consistently making those type of mistakes, you know the code is fucked up. We just can't see it. That's kind of how I see that whole situation i don't think they have a strong enough team i think their team is way too small for the task they have but let's move on to the next one because we got a few more to go through ramos 1478 says he's been struggling passing 14 victories on weekend league he always manages to go eight and two and always ends up 13 and seven 
Any tips on what he can do to take it to the next level? I always feel like games get harder once you pass eight wins. Well, Ramos, that's because they do. It depends on how many losses you have with those eight wins, though. The the ELO, I'm sure if you don't know how that works, the more wins you have than losses, basically. So like you said, if you were eight and two, you're matched up against other eight and two players or somebody who maybe, you know, nine and one. It's going to be more difficult for you. It's going to be an uphill battle. The better you play, the harder the games are going to become. But also with that, more more than likely, you're going to be matched up with players further away from you, which is another thing you have to consider with the gameplay wise. So if your connection isn't as good because you're in, let's say, in, in my situation in Louisiana or Texas and I'm playing somebody in fucking Canada, I'm going to have to play a little bit more conservatively because my gameplay is not as responsive. So those are all the factors you got to consider and just maybe alter your gameplay as you go up to play a little bit more conservative and consider those factors. And if you feel like you can take it to your opponent, crank it up. That's that's what I would do. I think to get past that 14, you have to sort of abuse mechanics a little bit maybe. Or if you're playing all your games in one go and you start losing, just step away a bit, stop playing, mm. go have yeah. a break, and then come back. You know, If you can, that is. Come back at a different time because sometimes the gameplay is just shit. And I know for me sometimes if the gameplay is shit and I'm struggling, I'll just carry on just to get it finished, you know what I mean? And I think if you want to get those extra wins, just stop and have a break, come back later. Um, if you haven't got time to come back later, just go make yourself a drink and just have a 10 or 15 minute break and, and come back, change things up a little bit. That that usually works for me. Um, I have been cramming my games a little bit recently and playing them all on a Sunday, but that's not good if you want to get the best results. You want to try and break it up a little bit, I think. I disagree, actually. I think playing them all back to back, if if you're on good momentum, you, you need to sort of ride that shit out personally, but it's, it's all to do with your personal circumstances. But there's two train of thoughts for this with, for me. When you start hitting that, that wall where your opponents are clearly getting a lot harder, and in the case of this guy, if he's getting up to 14 wins, which is amazing, everyone you play after that's going to be shit hot. Uh, and the, the two trains of thought are you can either take your licks and you need to play against better players in order to improve yourself to get to the next level. Or if you know you're going to get emotionally frustrated by getting battered by these, you know, let's, let's call them professional players because they're sort of going to be amongst that ilk, right? Then if that's going to have a knock-on effect on your subsequent games, just get out of them. The second you know that you can't beat that person, just leave and, and spare your emotions to the next game. That's what I do. I know I'm not going to be like, ever going to get 20 and 0. It's just not capable for me with the, the players I use and my own ability, the time I put into the game. I can't get to that level. Um, and I think if you're in the, the subset of players where generally in weekend league, you're winning more games than you're losing. So if you're getting 11 wins or more, you're probably in the top 5% of FIFA players in the world. And that's no nothing to shirk at. You're exceptionally good at the game. So if you can't get past 14, it's, it's not that bad. Don't, don't worry too much about it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that too. Getting 14 wins in Weekend League, 14 out of 20, that's really something to be said. I mean, it's not many people can do that. A lot of people on Twitter claim they can, but they don't. That's a good point, man. Yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. And if you do quit out of a game, knock in a goal first or don't quit in a draw because why, why would you do that? Well, it's like that. And um, was it last week's episode or the one before where we called it Matt's Weekend League ruined by Travellers? Mm-hmm. I was 10 and 2, which is the best run I've been on in ages, maybe ever. Damn. 
And it just got to the point where Travella, 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 they were spamming the mechanics out of my backside. There's nothing I could do. So it's just like, well, am I going to get better playing against these guys or should I just quit and go to the next game? And you know what? I just need to get my weekend league finished and before I lose my head completely. And emotional intelligence is a big part of playing this game competitively. And sometimes you just got to know when you beat. It's all well because oh, I'm going to stick this one out and make life as difficult for this person as I can. But okay, there's, there's something to be said about that. But how is that benefiting your day? Are you getting enjoyment out of that? You're certainly not getting rewarded for it. You're going to take the loss right. almost certainly. So just save you and the other guys some time and, and move on. If you know you can't match them, consider the quit. Yeah, we, we all have to do it sometimes as much as we don't want to. Yeah. And as well, if you have the facility to watch games back, maybe spend some time watching um, some of your games back, even if it's just the replays and goals you've conceded, just watch them back, see if there's something that you're doing every time or, you know, some of the mistakes that you're making consistently. Have a look, see what it is. Try and figure out those little small... Because I think at that level, those little margins will help a lot. Do you know what I mean? In in getting those extra few wins that, that, that you're wanting. Because I don't, I don't think, and I might be wrong, there's a huge difference between somebody who gets... 14 to 16 and somebody who gets 20. Um, I think there's a bit of luck matchmaking um, and a few small changes you can probably make to get to that next level. Yeah, for sure. Better off just to quit before you rage because once you <laughs> rage, it's over with. Yeah, and it affects the subsequent games. That's the point we're trying to make. You can like just keep it within this one game or let it affect the multitude of games you've got thereafter. So. We just scored USA. Who scored? Tim Ream. <laughs> it's Tim Way. No way. Way. All right, we got a few more. Second to last question from NM Rehab. Do you all think there's a deliberate strategy from EA on the lack of content thus far during around the World Cup, or is this just poor from them? It seems like an odd time not to attract people to their game. And we kind of touched on a lot of this earlier. Paul, do you have anything else you want to add to his question? Yes, I've just cl- it's just clicked to me now. There's going to be so many new people coming to this game for Black Friday. Are you waiting until those people are on the game before they drop that content and not waste it on us losers who bought the game from day one? Mm. Just a thought. Mm. What does Matt think? I think I've said as much as I can do on... on- this earlier on in the show, really. There's something to level the playing field for new people coming into the game, whether it's Black Friday, Christmas, all that good stuff, Thanksgiving, whatever it happens to be, that brings them into the game a little bit later. So there's a, a ladder, and they can get up that ladder a little bit faster than we did from the beginning. So that's good for the new players. Um, they obviously have to do some stuff for the World Cup because it's it's part of the, the license they're given. They'd be stupid not to, but they also don't want to do it to a point where they're kind of helping the next incumbent of the FIFA license out by making it all singing, all dancing. They've got to hold something back for their own fun stuff that's not on the FIFA brand, so to speak, I, I guess. There's, there's something there, which is where we get team of the year, that kind of thing. And this is a problem with the whole timing aspect we spoke about earlier on. If they go balls deep on World Cup, then we're, we're kind of reaching almost end game status before we've reached a one third point into the game, if you know what I mean, where things generally diverge massively after team of the year. And they've 
lean a little bit towards that, but I think they're still going to save you know the good stuff for that because that's the milestone we all work towards in the first half of the game, and that probably shouldn't change. They should release that as the new accelerate. Balls deep. Balls deep. All right, last question. Fachano wants to know, thoughts on this latest patch? I'm fine with the patches to fix things like Travela's, but the whole accelerate thing seems like it was clearly broken pre-patch. You surely shouldn't have to rip up teams and tactics pre and post-patch. Yeah, we didn't dive into the, the patch in its entirety because, I mean, that would take probably an hour and a half by itself, but you shouldn't have to. But I think when you have situations like this where top tier cards such as Venetius, like we said earlier, are clearly just, they weren't working. They weren't working like they were supposed to. And then once you can use them, once attacking from width with fast and electric players is viable, I think it does change tactics. I think it requires a bit of adjusting in your gameplay and your game style. Not to say that the old stuff wouldn't still work, but certainly there would be some ways to adjust it and make some new systems work better for you, make more efficient, I think. Matt, do you think that's fair to say? I can only see how this is all like really affected people who mostly had lengthy players in their team, to be honest. If, if you already had the players that this patch has seemed to have benefited more, then you're just getting a little bit of a boost you shouldn't have to change too much. So if you're scrapping your team, it's, it was perhaps overly lengthy in the first place, I imagine. Oh, I don't want to accuse Fashano of anything. I haven't seen his team, but that's just my initial reaction to that complaint is you're perhaps overloaded on a certain Excel rate, whereas you should have had a, a few different takes on, on, on your system. And there's definitely certain positions where lengthy is the one, I think, centre-backs, full-backs, even wide midfielders that aren't wingers. So like your LMs, RMs benefit greatly from from lengthy. But when you, you get into those in and around the box type plays, you always needed explosive or controlled. And those ones just work a little bit better now. So it all sounds fine to me. Yeah. And I've used some of Fachano's advice and, and looked at his stuff and he knows what he's doing. So maybe, maybe, maybe it was the case, like you said, Matt, maybe we're a bit too lengthy and we just had to make some little tweaks. Because I'm personally, I haven't found the gameplay to be monumentally different other than certain players feeling better on the ball and through balls becoming way easier to do. But overall, I mean, I think the gameplay is still fine. I just think that we need to have more engaging content, more things to, to make people play the game because right now the gameplay itself is just not enough to keep it turning over for me also, personally. And I don't know. We're not a million miles away from we're getting to that stage where new cars, we're getting regular sort of 86, 87, 88 rated team of the weeks and promo car players. They should eventually at some point go beyond lengthy at all. And we won't even have lengthy players in the game soon. So you were going to have to rip it up anyway. Uh, And then it becomes a, a choice of controlled or explosive. And I guess the one question this raises to me is that there's a clear benefit to lengthy. There's a clear benefit to explosive but there isn't the obvious benefit to controlled. I'd like to learn more about that. Perhaps we can get someone from EA to comment on that because there has to be a benefit, a pro and a con to all of those, right? Lengthy, you're faster over a certain number of yards, but your initial acceleration will be slow. Explosive is the opposite. So control what you, you're just as fast as your card stats suggest you are always. That, that probably seems too good, if anything. So learning more about that benefit of that style is probably important. We perhaps need to get to the bottom of that. Yeah, I think anytime there's a system like this in place, it opens the door for abuse and kind of making it 
a gimmick of the game because, I mean, I see the positive side for it because players like Holland would have otherwise been unusable, but this year it made a lot of cards usable early on. Eventually, like I said, it's going to get phased out, but it's a very good point. What is the difference between controlled and explosive other than the rate at which you reach top speed? So be interesting to see how this works out going forward. I think that's all the questions we have for this week. And quite frankly, I want to wrap this up so I can finish watching this USA-Wales game. Matt, where can they find you on social media? At Lando Matt 1T or say hello in Discord. Oh. Right foot on Twitter, W-R-I-G-H-T-F-U-T. It's fucking coming home. We can, we can edit that out. It's fine. You can follow the show on Twitter at Footballers Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at The Foot Hunter. It's not coming home and it's called soccer. It's this never is the fucking being home. That's why. What? <laughs> Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.